Hello, my friends, and welcome to another episode of the Just One More Thing podcast. My name is Norgie. Thank you for joining me for this episode. Um, when I started this podcast, I wanted to make it about things that were interesting to me, things that I thought might be interesting to you. Um, that's why it's about anything and everything, things that are local, things that are national, music, movies, um, you know, feel-good things, difficult things. And so that's kind of where it started. And about halfway through the, uh, this first season, uh, the podcast took a turn because at that particular time I was dealing with um, something very profound and difficult. Um, I had a very um, bad breakup with uh, the Racine Theater Guild, which um, if you are interested or curious about what I'm referring to, listen to episode five and six. Um, they go into very good detail about um, that entire situation. And so, um, unfortunately, you know, that became sort of what this podcast was known for for a while. And it's not because those things aren't um, uh, interesting to talk about, or it's not because those things aren't difficult to talk about. It's just, you know, controversy and people like controversy. And because it was about an organization that I was involved with that many of the people who listen to this podcast are also involved with, um, it was um, polarizing. And so, uh, unfortunately, after some really good episodes um, the last couple of weeks, I, I talked to the folks at uh, Hope Safe House and all of the great work that they do with um, animals, dogs, cats, etc. And then last week I talked to the folks at Just Live Inc. and all the great things that they do uh, when it comes to suicide prevention and providing resources and support to um, people who are having suicidal ideations or um, organiza supporting organizations financially that help folks um, find resources. And so I'm very proud of the work, the episodes. And of course now, because of some things that have been transpiring, I have to shift the tone of the podcast back towards um, the Racine Theater Guild because, again, like I said, there are some things that have been transpiring and um, one person in particular, but to give you a little bit of backstory, um, I, I left the Racine Theater Guild in December of 2022. Um, yeah, more or less, between the end of December and, um, and January. And so when I left, um, again, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't a very amicable breakup and I resigned from the board of directors. And so, um, in February, um, based off of an email that was sent to me, I responded to the email and sent it to the entire board of directors and let them know exactly how I was feeling about the organization, about the things that were frustrating me, about the things that I didn't like, about the things that I had experienced. And um, I called out some people very specifically by name in that email. And one of those people is the person that this episode is all about. Hi, Mona. This is about you. Like everything else in life that you want, 
to be about you. This is going to be about you too. And so because you continue to um, act the way that you've been acting, um, which is the way that I've referred to you in past episodes about your behavior and you continue to act this way. And so I have to address some of these things. So um, here you go, Mona. It's all about you. Um, so let me go back a little bit here with, uh, with this situation. Um, it's not a secret. I've never been a fan um, of Mona, particularly because of the way that she um, treats people um, during shows on cruise. Um, I just never liked it. It never sat well with me. And it's just, it's what it is for any of you out there who have done theater or continue to do theater. Um, that's a sore spot for a lot of people. Don't, don't mistreat your crew. They don't, they don't get the glory. They don't get the adulation. They don't get the applause. They volunteer to be the crew. And the least you can do is show them a little bit of courtesy. But Mona thinks otherwise. They're there to serve her and not anybody else. And if they don't serve her, then she lets them know about it. So anyway, more or less tolerated her for a very long time. And, uh, and so towards the end of my time with the Racine Theater Guild, which, by the way, um, I was a member there. I was involved there for almost my entire adult life. From age 20 to, you know, age 38, basically, uh, I was there. And so towards the end, I was on a uh, DEI committee that I was supposed to be the co-chair of, uh, the co-chair of, excuse me, and um, Mona was the other co-chair for some reason. And the first meeting that we had was a disaster. And this isn't just me saying this um, sort of from the hip. This literally is the word that many people who were there have used to describe the meeting. It was a disaster. And there was a lot of contention and there was a lot of heat and there was a lot of debate. And not the good kind, but it, it didn't go well. And in the, during the course of this entire first meeting that we had, um, there was a break. We all just sort of decided, like, you know, let's pause. Let's uh, cool off a little bit. One of the members of the committee had to, um, had to break off because they had to um, run a rehearsal or something like that, I, I believe. And so we took our break, and then we came back, and there were just two of us at the table. It was uh, another member and myself. And I was talking about my experience, my sort of my history, if you, if you will, at the Racine Theater Guild and some of the things that I encountered, especially when I first started there and, you know, talking about the, you know, lack of diverse programming and just wanting to be a, an advocate for the people um, who don't have a voice or don't get an opportunity to sit at that table and trying to do right by younger folks especially the the people of color who maybe feel the same way that I did and not wanting them to experience some of the things that I did. And so, you know, I'm saying these things and while 
I'm having this conversation with this other person. Mona returns from her break and sits down and is listening to what I'm saying. And when I get done talking about this, Mona interjects with, I was here 20 years ago when you started, and I don't remember it being like that at all. Maybe it was a personality thing. And when Mona said that, the look on everyone's face was pretty much the same, which was gobsmacked that those words just came out of her mouth the way that they did. Just nice, easy, like she was talking about what she had for dinner the night before. There was no, there was no hesitation. There was no, you know, let me think about this. It, you know, no gateway. Just it came right out. And so after we all just kind of um, sat there for a few seconds wondering what the hell just happened, um, one of the other members of the committee said, you know, Mona, one of the things I think we need to consider when we're having these conversations is what's being said, who's saying it, and why it's being said, and not just callously or casually disregard it just because it didn't happen to you just because it didn't affect you doesn't mean that it didn't happen or that it didn't affect the person who's saying it so again this meeting was contentious because not long before that conversation happened um in leading up to the meeting I said that we should introduce perhaps the idea. Um, I was trying to convince everyone that we should have a community member in the committee, someone that was going to act as a buffer or a control because every member of the committee was fully invested in the organization, whether they're longtime members or they're on the board or they're on the payroll. I just thought it might be a good idea to have someone that isn't um, fully ingrained in the organization to sort of act as to temper our enthusiasm. And I thought that maybe that would help us maybe get to where we're trying to get to much more quickly and to have a, a balance to the equation. And so, um, you know, I was supposed to have a meeting with Mona where we talked about this person and some of our ideas for the committee. That meeting never happened. Um, Mona couldn't make it for some reason. And so I said, well, I still want to have a conversation, you know, with the committee at least about a community member. And she, you know, she wanted, she wanted this person's name. She wanted this person's, you know, qualifications, their credentials, their history, their dental records, all that kind of stuff. And so I waited until the meeting because I wanted to have the conversation as a committee and not as a, as a, you know, two co-chairs because I thought it was important. Number one, cause I didn't want to have to repeat it more than once. Um, and number two, because, um, I thought it was good for the committee to have the conversation out in the open. And so, you know, Mona basically made it clear that, uh, that she wasn't cool with the idea of having a community member and that, you know, if we're going to have other members that they need to be vetted and we need to have conversations and we need to know what their qualifications are and we're, you know, the committee needs to talk about it and we're, we're not just going to, you know, 
sort of willy-nilly um, elect someone to the committee. So then, I want to say that same day, um, we get an email from Mona, the committee, introducing a new member to the committee that she decided to appoint without conversing with the committee, without vetting her, without um, telling us what her qualifications were, without telling us, you know, what her credentials were, anything like that. So I thought, hmm, that's interesting. My person has to jump through all these hoops, but your person just gets a free pass. Okay. So when we had the our first committee meeting, um, one of the things that was asked of Mona, not by me, by another member, was an explanation. You know, please explain to me why this person gets a free pass onto the committee, but the person that Norgie was trying to um, suggest um, has to go through all, jump through all these hoops, has to get vetted and all this stuff. I just don't understand that. And she said, well, this person has been uh, involved with the Racine Theater Guild for all her life, and um, she's a member of the LGBTQ community. She's a, she's a lesbian, so she's about that life. And that was basically her rationale for why this person got to be on the committee. And so this other committee member, still confused like the rest of us were, was like, so I, I guess I still, I still don't understand what, what it is, what the explanation is for why she gets a free pass and Norgie's person doesn't get, you know, can't be considered or has to go through all this um, hoopla. And Mona said, do I really have to explain this to you again? And again, another another um, moment of what the hell is going on? Why is this person acting this way? And so um, after the contention and the, 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 the tension and the um, awkward vibe sort of ran its course, one of the members of the committee said, what if we talk about, what if everyone presents an idea, a small one, something that we can do now that would have um, ramifications or a good effect without having to go through all this other stuff, something, you know, what are some ideas? First thing I said was, well, we could take that, that picture down in the green room from uh, from a show um, that they did in the I don't know I want to say early '90s where there are um, people in blackface. I said it's uh, it's an awkward conversation piece. Anytime someone sees it, um, I think it, paint, it puts a bad light because most of the time people see it that haven't already seen it. Um, it it really rubs them the wrong way and of course when people who have seen it before see it again you know they get that bad taste in their mouth and I said you know there were I'm sure there were plenty of other photos of that production taken that could be put up on the wall to replace it and hey good idea I like that blah 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 when it was Mona's turn to talk she said I think we need to stop using the term little old ladies because there's lots of little old ladies here, and they might surprise you. That was her idea. 
she uh, she needed to be the victim so badly that uh, that she had to say, we need to stop using the term little old ladies. Oh, boy. So, anyway, there were lots of conversations, emails, uh, talks about the committee and the direction and everything that had happened because, again, a disaster. It was a complete disaster. And much of that, I would say, 98% of it was because of Mona's behavior and the things that she said and the fact that she, you know, it didn't happen to me. So, you know, I was there 20 years ago and it wasn't like that. It's a personality thing, you know, just stuff like that. And so, uh, you know, some changes were made. Um, there was supposed to be a, uh, an outside consulting group that was supposed to come in and, and help, you know, steer us in the right direction. Um, you know, and I never got to see the uh, the finality of that because um, I ended up leaving the theater guild anyway. But um, my understanding is that Mona's no longer the chair of the committee, which she shouldn't have been the chair of in the first place. Um, I mean, there were and are lots of other people that fit the bill of someone who should chair that committee, and they weren't asked. It was Mona. And not sure why. I mean, I have I have my theories, as do others. But um, she was asked, and you know, <sighs> so she's no longer the chair. But she, for some reason, she's still on the committee, which is beyond my comprehension because nothing that nothing that her behavior, her attitude, is not going to change. It's not going to positively affect the committee or the theater as a whole. Not sure why she's still there. Um, especially after her behavior of the first meeting. Uh, and so in the email I sent to the, th the, uh, the board of directors, which she was on at the time, um, one of the things that I called her out on was um, the sexual harassment committee because apparently the sexual harassment committee was her brainchild. Um, she helped write the policies or the rules and regulations or whatever the case. She professes that that was, it was all her, essentially. And so there was a pretty substantial um, situation involving a board member who was removed from the board of directors and suspended from uh, activities at the Racine Theater Guild as a result of the sexual harassment policy. That person was found to be in violation and they were removed. Um, during the course of this investigation and even after the investigation was over, um, Mona was telling people and gossiping about the situation and the people involved and all the details. And the reason I know this is because I had five people involved in some way or another with the Racine Theater Guild who told me or asked me about the situation. And when I asked them how they found out the information, 
or who they heard the information from, they all said the same name, Mona. I didn't coach them to say Mona. I didn't, I didn't ask them to lie and say Mona. They all said Mona. So when I gathered this information, I brought it to another member of the board and told them, you know, what I'd been told. And that was the end of it. Like, I, I gave the information to the person, and I thought maybe it would be handled privately or in-house or whatever. I don't know that it ever was, to be honest with you. But, um, yeah, so Mona was telling people. And so um, she, of course, denied the allegations I made against her in the email, which is fine. Um, she can deny the allegations all she wants to. Um, I'm not lying. I have no reason to lie. Um, so the situation continued. And, you know, when I, during a board meeting, um, when we were talking about things uh, towards the end, I asked about is there going to be something written in the bylaws about um, conduct of uh, directors or uh, board members and people being held accountable for violating codes of conduct or um, doing things that are detrimental to the to the bylaws and the organization as a whole. And I was referring specifically to Mona because of that situation, um, which she apparently did not pick up on. But but she uh, she lied about um, telling people, you know, saying that she didn't tell people, which is absolute nonsense. Um, again, you know, these people came to me and told me and asked me about it and told me that it was her. Uh, beyond that, um, ever since my uh, breakup with the Racine Theater Guild and that email came out, or that email was read um, or sent to them, uh, I I recorded a podcast, my fifth episode, uh, about the entire theater guild situation because things came to a head, and I read the email that I sent to the board of directors, and again, Mona's name was mentioned in that email and on that podcast, and she wasn't happy about it. And so she was asking people or telling people that if they continue to support me, that she would lose all respect for them. Asking people, or more or less interrogating people, backing them into a corner, more or less, are you going to see his show? Why are you going to see his show? Why are you doing that to me? Why are you, why are you doing that to our friendship? Why are you supporting him after what he said about me? After what he said about all the volunteers of the organization? Just all this sort of, uh, you know, nonsense. And so there are people who are involved with the Racine Theater Guild as volunteers and members. Um, and I just want to uh, reiterate this. I don't have a problem with people at the Racine Theater Guild, 98% of the people. Uh, I, I'm, I don't tell people not to support the Racine Theater Guild. I don't tell people not to support the people who, who are in shows at the Racine Theater. I don't do any of that stuff. Never, ever said that, and I never will. 
Um, I don't even tell people not to uh, not not to support Mona or make you choose between her and me or or the theater guild and me. I've never done that, right? But in the course of or since this breakup has happened, I have um, still maintained a friendship with many many people involved with the Racine Theater Guild, and I have hung out with them. I've gone to coffee. I've done this. I've done that. And some of these things have made their way onto social media. Pictures have been taken and and posts and stuff like that. And so very publicly, um, it's not a secret that I've been hanging out with some of these people. And there has been retaliation against people who have continued to be my friend. Um, For an example, Mona is the production stage manager for the spring show cabaret at the Racine Theater Guild. Now, how do I know that? It's not like it's public knowledge. It's not like there's been a press release. It's not like there's been a news article about it. This has been told to me. So Mona is the production stage manager for cabaret. And as the PSM, shorthand, um, of a production there, you are responsible for finding the crew heads for all of the departments on a crew for that particular production. So you find the sound designer, you find the hair and makeup designer, you find the, you know, the wardrobe designer and lighting designer and stage manager, so on and so forth. I have been told by several people, that Mona, the production stage manager of Cabaret, has been telling people that she has approached to be crew heads on Cabaret that she will allow them to be the crew head only if they agree not to ask the participation of certain people who have continued to support me and hang out with me after all of this has gone down. Mona is essentially blacklisting people, retaliating against them because they're being decent to me. Let that soak in for a second. These people who have not played into the drama who have elected to be neutral, who have elected to just live their lives, who have elected to be friends with me and support me and hang out with me, are being punished for it. People who are dedicated members and volunteers, long-term members and volunteers, are being... are being... uh, Rochambeaued, sabotaged, screwed over because Mona can't handle it. Mona can't handle the fact that people have decided to still be my friend and not to cut me off. And when confronted with this um, information by certain people, Mona has outright denied it. And then asked that person or those people, who told you that? 
because she wants to know, because she wants to interrogate them or punish them or sabotage them too, because Mona's childish. And I hope that, I hope that anyone who is involved with the Racine Theater Guild, whether you're just a volunteer, a member, a board member, um, a director, a casual listener, I hope that you let the people in charge know that this is happening. Get a little bit of a backbone. Send an email. Make a phone call. Walk into an office. Whatever. And I'm talking about the managing artistic director, the board president, the vice president. This needs to be investigated. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that the Racine Theater Guild is not um, sanctioning or approving Mona doing this. I would give them enough benefit of the doubt to say that they would frown upon this. But if it's true, if you are indeed uh, signing off on Mona doing this, that's a damn shame. I don't think it's true. But if it is true, it's a damn shame. But this is what, this is the level that she has stooped to and continues to stoop to while pretending to the world to be the victim in all this making ridiculous claims ridiculous claims like how you're afraid to leave your house because i'm mentally unstable and you don't know what i'm going to do you're afraid to leave your house mona because i norgy am mentally unstable and you don't know what i'm going to do you have any idea how ridiculous that sounds? Seriously. Are you do you need to be that much of a victim? See the the smear campaign didn't work, right? Telling people that I was a liar, that I'm attacking you, that I'm, you know, lying about you. That didn't work. So what you do now is you do this thing where you try to make me look crazy. You try to gaslight me by telling people that I'm mentally unstable and you're afraid to leave your house. First of all, I don't even know where you live. Let's get that right. Secondly, I don't even care where you live. I've got on a list of a hundred things that I have to do, want to do, or can do, you are not on that list of things. Like I'm waiting in the bushes outside your house, waiting to, you know, to, to throw water balloons at you or, or something. Absolutely ridiculous. Or other claims like, I'm harassing an old woman. <laughs> I'm harassing an old woman. That's funny. When you claim I'm harassing you, you're just an old woman. But it hasn't stopped you from acting like a goddamn child, has it? 
you know, I get messages in my inbox regularly from people who want to tell me or show me all about the nonsense behavior that you keep participating in. And when a certain one of your friends decided to take a shot at me during a certain banquet, I responded. It was kind of funny. Ha, 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 ha. And then when another certain one of your friends who owns a business decided to take, make a post where they referred to something as more entertaining than any four-hour podcast with a disgruntled host, hashtag IYKYK, if you know, you know, I was slightly irritated. Because first of all, that four-hour episode wasn't meant to be entertaining. I didn't do it for entertainment. Which means you either know that and you chose to say what you said anyway, or you didn't listen and decided to make the comment. And what's worse is, underneath that post, I saw that you made a comment where you said, I like the comment about the infamous four-hour podcast and the subsequent 90-minute one from the Theater Messiah. (laughs) And I laughed hysterically. (laughs) First of all, the fact that you are trying to refer to me as the Theater Messiah is hilarious. Um, Absolutely hilarious. And secondly, I realize that the people who are coming to your defense are doing so because you're doing what you do to everyone, Mona. You're spinning the story to make yourself look like the victim and weaving such a web of lies that you don't even know what the truth is anymore. Your friends are blindly defending you because they're hearing your side of the story. And listen, I can't blame them for defending their friend based on what they're being told by that person, right? I, I am a little bit perplexed, though, by the fact that they've decided to enter in the middle of something that they clearly don't understand or at the very least don't want to accept the truth. It's strange to me. Because I know many of them. I mean, they're just jumping in the middle of it. And I've said very, very publicly, if you have questions about it, you want to talk about it, message me directly, contact me directly. And nobody has. Not one. But see, the difference between me and you, Mona, is that I'm not telling any of your friends to not support you or to not come to see your shows or that I lose all respect for them. I'm certainly not trying to have them blacklisted from production participation because they continue to be your friend. But I'm not your friend, Mona. I never have been and I never will be. That also means that I don't have to sanction your buffoonery or douchebaggery or your nonsense. And I'm not about to start. You can continue to live your life as the rancid fruit bag that you are, and I won't lose a wink of sleep over what I have to assume is a very miserable existence you live. 
But the second that you deliberately try to sabotage and screw over people whose only crime is being decent to me, I'm going to call you out on it. And I'll continue to call you out on it so the world can see that you really are a sack of piss and wind. Why you think that it's okay to do this to people is beyond my comprehension. And what's worse is people know about it. Or at least now they do. You're, you're trying to screw over people for being decent to me? Does that sound... Folks, does that sound like a, does that sound, is that nice? Is that kind? Is that the, is that the Mona that you know? Because that's the real Mona. The vindictive, conniving snake in the grass. You know, I, um, I recently had um, several people share with me a post you made on Facebook um, within the last week, um, well, a few days ago, I would say, uh, where, and it's where you shared a quote, and I'm going to read you that quote. Let me find that quote here really quick. Ah, here it is. Here's the quote. Narcissists always see themselves as victims, no matter how horribly they've treated someone else. To them, the problem is not their lying, cheating, stealing, and abuse. The problem is that you started to notice those things. (laughs) Of all the people in the world to post this quote, Mona, you should be arrested for gross abuse of the word irony. How dare you? Oh, and just as before, Mona, I, um, you have an open invitation to come on to this podcast. If you'd like to explain your side of the story to the world or your behavior, your petulant, childish behavior, but you're not going to because you're not interested in telling people the truth. You're interested in stirring the pot and running your mouth, and telling people what a victim you are, and lying to people about a situation, and trying to make me look like the bad guy. Okay. Anytime you want to come on here, Mona, be my guest. More than happy to have you on here. Oh, And just one more thing. Just because a lot of people believe something doesn't make it true. And wanting to believe the best about someone doesn't make it true either. I find that when you want to know the truth about somebody, that someone is probably the last person you should ask. Thanks for listening. Good night.